Hey, thanks for tuning in to this special edition of the Hope Community Podcast. We're doing a flashback. We're going back to August 2nd, 2019 to hear from Dwayne Huck as he talks about not settling. This is a great message. Check it out. Thank you. Got to have something to put my 40 pages of notes on and my water, so. No, I'm kidding, it's four, but. Everybody doing all right today? I hope so. Glad you're with us. Um, man, I just love what, what Mick's been teaching on, what he's been sharing, um, what he's been sharing here, what he's been sharing on the the Facebook Lives, the uh, Transformation Tuesdays. If you haven't had a chance to uh, check that stuff out, uh, go to the Hope Community Facebook page and, and check that out. Um, Eric, sh- Eric shared with us here oh, a month or so ago about uh, finances and money and our perspective on that, and it was just awesome. And uh, <clears throat> that's out on the uh, Hope podcast, I believe, if you want to check that out. But we've just been talking a lot about family and all the, the things that, that go into family and all the facets of, of family. And, um, and as we've been going through that, and I've been listening to these guys teach, and I listen to uh, a lot of podcasts um, on my lunch hour, when I'm driving, whenever I get a chance. Um, when I'm mowing, you see all that mowing we do, so there's plenty of time to, to listen to podcasts. But um, the thing God just kept uh, impressing on my heart were two words. Don't settle. Don't settle. And what he was saying is don't settle for less than my best in any area of your life. And so we're going we're gonna to dig into that a little bit today. Um, you know, he, he reminded me of personal experiences I've been through. Issues or health, health issues with some of our children and, and career issues and just, just life experiences. And, and he showed me, you know, things where we, we refused to settle because we knew... Whatever that situation was, that wasn't God's best. And so we, we decided that that's not how it's going to, that's not the end of the story. That's not how it's going to end up. So, so, so we, you know, we did whatever it took to see that situation change and to see that situation improve. And, and so what I want to speak into today is, is really encouraging us to be the best versions of ourselves. And that's not for us, just for us. It's for the benefit of of, of everyone. Your, Your family needs you to be the best version of yourself. Your wife needs you to be the best version of yourself. Your husband needs you to be the best version of yourself. Your kids need you. Your co-workers need you. Other people that you interact, need you, need me to be the best version of ourselves. 
And it will, it will, will see improvement in our physical, in our mental, in our emotional, in our spiritual health if we will focus in on the things that we need to do to be the best versions of ourselves. We'll see our finances improve. You know, what, let's look at, look at how our finances are, and is, is that truly God's best? Am I managing things the way I need to be? Am I, am I doing it the best way that I can? And, and I'm, not, <clears throat> I'm not talking about being the best of everyone, okay? Let's not, where we compare ourselves to others and we say, well, I'll never do it as good as they do. That's not what we're here to talk about today. We're, we're talking about being your best, being the best version of you, being who God called and created you to be. And I'm not talking about being perfect. We, we've kind of misconstrued the word perfect in our English, in our English language. In the Greek, uh, the word perfect is teleos, I don't know if I'm even pronouncing that right, but it's, it's about being complete and mature. It doesn't say anything in there about never making a mistake or always getting everything right. That's where we go automatically when we start talking about being perfect is that we think we can never mess up, and that's, that's not what it means. <clears throat> it's about being complete. See, it's, it's being in Christ that makes us complete. Second, uh, Colossians 2.10 says, So you also are complete through your union with Christ. It says you are complete. So guess what? We're not waiting on God to do something else to make us complete. We already are complete. That doesn't mean we're walking in that completeness fully. Because we may not have awakened to that completeness yet in some area of our lives. <clears throat> but in Christ, we are complete. He's the one that completes us. He's the one that finishes the deal. <clears throat> He's the one that is able to make us not fall short. He's the one that's able to help us hit the mark. We've talked many times about what sin is, and it's simply missing the mark. It's missing the mark of, of who Father is. It's missing the mark of who we see ourselves as. And Jesus is the one who's able to help us hit the mark, to see Father correctly, to see ourselves correctly, to see others correctly. So he's the one that, that completes us. <clears throat> John Maxwell, you know, when we think about our lives and where we are, and when we start thinking about maybe some areas where we've settled for less than God's best, John Maxwell said this, he says, you either go through life, and whatever happens, happens, and you're just like, that's just the way it is, and that's the way it'll always be, or you grow through life 
So we're either going through life and we're just accepting things for the way they are and we're settling there, or we're growing through life and we're learning from our experiences and maybe we're learning from mistakes we've made and we're growing in that and we're maturing and we're being more complete. <clears throat> so what are, what are some reasons that we settle? What are, what are, what are reasons that we settle? What, why do we settle for less than God's best? What are, what are things that keep us from developing our full potential from becoming all that God wants us to be and created us to be and from making a bigger and greater impact for the future of our lives and the future of our children and our grandchildren and those around us, future generations. So what are, what are some of those things that keep us from, from doing that? <clears throat> well, I think, one, we, we start off with, I think probably comes to mind for a lot of us, is fear rooted in self-doubt fear of fear of failure we're you know we're just afraid that we'll never we'll never be able to get beyond where we are right now we've tried some things and, and it didn't work out and some things have worked against us and so we've settled in that place where we're just afraid to try anything new so we've just accepted that this is, this is just where I'm at. <clears throat> but perhaps the Father would have us to change our perspective about that and change our mindset about that. See, we need to allow failure to motivate us. Proverbs 20 and verse 30 says sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, right? Can tell everybody about it. Some pain, painful experiences can can make us change our ways, right? Or... We can settle back into continuing to live that, that kind of life or um, you know, making those same mistakes over and over. But we need to allow failure to motivate us. Michael Jordan, I think most people know who Michael Jordan is. He said, I can, I can accept failure. He said, I can accept failure. He said, I cannot accept not trying. So what are we accepting? What are we settling in? See, Michael had a healthy mind. I'm going to call him on a first name basis because I know Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan had a, he had a healthy mindset about failure, right? He said, I can accept failure. I can accept when things don't go well and, and, and I mess up and... You know, I, I miss the buzzer beater. 
he said, but I can't accept not trying. I can't accept not trying to get better and make that shot. And we know he made a lot of them, right? You know, his mindset about failure allowed him to be his very best. And a lot, a lot of people would argue be the very best, right? But that's a debate for another day. But <clears throat> he, his, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he didn't see failure as a bad thing. He didn't have a wrong perspective on failure. He saw it as an opportunity to learn, <clears throat> excuse me, to learn and to grow and improve, to see what wasn't working. The freedom from fear of failure is the freedom to grow. Freedom from fear of failure is the freedom to grow. See, when, you're, when you don't worry about if this doesn't work out, and you don't get hung up there, you don't settle there, it doesn't matter if it doesn't work out. You Guess what? You've learned something. You've learned what doesn't work. I don't know. There's some, somebody may know it, somebody that studies history a lot more than I have, but there's some crazy number of how many times was it Edison failed before he ever successfully got the light bulb to work. He did do the light bulb, right? See, I told you I wasn't very good with history. But he did not... <laughs> He did not allow failure to set him back. He just learned from it. He's like, okay, well, that method didn't work, so we're going to try a different one next time. And 2,000 iterations later, or whatever it was, it, boom, it worked. So he didn't let failure set him back and discourage him. We can also allow failure to, to build our character. <clears throat> Romans 5. Come on, phone. Verse, starting in verse 3, it says, But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in, in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy, because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Look what failure can do for us. It can build our character. Troubles can lead us back into hope can remind us where our hope is, who our hope is in. <clears throat> so we can't be afraid to make mistakes or to fail at things. Unless, of course, we want to settle. Another form of, of fear that causes us to settle is self-consciousness. We find ourselves, you know, constantly afraid of what others might think or others might say. You don't need someone else's permission to be the best version of yourself. 
I'll say it again, you don't need someone else's permission to be the best version of yourself. <clears throat> Just because someone else settled, no. Say, no, no, no. I know you settled, but I'm not going to. <clears throat> and people that may be critical of you for pursuing God's best, most likely it's because they've settled somewhere where they don't like, somewhere where they are not experiencing God's best. And so it's easy for them to then be critical of you for actually pursuing God's best. <clears throat> because those, those type of people tend to live in negativity and they don't enjoy when someone else succeeds and someone else is doing well. So don't let those people discourage you from pursuing God's best. Another area, if we're not careful, we'll settle into is self-pity. We'll start feeling sorry for ourselves. We'll start feeling like everybody's against us. There's no use in trying. <clears throat> feeling sorry for yourself won't help you learn from your mistakes and get beyond them. There's two men in the Bible that, that settled. <clears throat> well, no, they, they made mistakes. Don't. There's two men that, that made mistakes by denying Jesus. <clears throat> Judas and Peter both denied Jesus, right? One of them chose to settle. Chose to settle for less than God's best. We know Judas got stuck in a place of feeling sorry for himself and went out and hung himself. Peter, on the other hand, realized his mistake, admitted his mistake, got up off the mat and spoke on the day of Pentecost and caused 3,000 believers to come into the kingdom. One chose to settle, one did not. <clears throat> so don't get, place, don't get stuck in a place of, of self-pity. Here's another concept that we can settle into if we're not careful and it, this one hit me right between the eyes. And again, it was, it was from a podcast I was listening to. And, and my family's already aware of it because I've been talking about it at home. And I've already gotten called out on it. <laughs> How many of you have ever heard of the BCD concept? I hadn't either. But it's a state we can find ourselves in often if we're not careful. B stands for blame. C stands for complain. And D is for defensiveness. <clears throat> and this BCD concept can affect all areas of our lives. <clears throat> our relationships, our work ethic, our attitude toward finances, you name it. Because when we go into this mode and we start assigning blame on 
other people, we start assigning responsibility for the way things are in our lives on someone else. Now, I'm not saying no one ever does anything to cause you to have a setback, right? People do things that, that cause us pain and cause us trouble. But when we, enter, we, when we get in this mode of BCD, we are constantly assigning blame for our situation. And the next thing we do is complain. We complain about what we don't have. We complain about what other people have. We complain about the way someone's doing things or the way they're not doing things. <clears throat> we start comparing our situation to others. We say, well, why can't I have that? They have that. Why, why don't that work for me? It works for them. And then we get defensive. You know, we, we start, well, I, you know, I should be able to do that. And, you know, we someone challenges our mindset about something, we, we get all defensive of why we, we think we should be able to continue to, to operate the way we do or behave the way we do. And we defend why we should be able to blame others and we defend why we should be able to complain about things. <clears throat> but this BCD mode is a culture killer because it's easy to get other people involved in it. All you do is go on social media and somebody will start ranting about something and then people just start piling on, right? <clears throat> or turn on, turn on the news. People are constantly blaming, pointing fingers, fault-finding. <clears throat> so a, a, an individual who's operating in BCD can walk into a perfectly healthy environment and they can start blaming people, they can start complaining, and they can start being defensive. The next thing you know, everybody involved is operating in the same, same way. Jansen, don't get mad at me or the, West, the rest of you West Virginia fans, but Urban Meyer, when he went to Ohio State, the season before he got there, they went 6-7. and seven. And then the first season he was there, they went undefeated. But this was one of his mottos is we're not going to operate in BCD around here. When things don't go right, when we're in a tough situation, we're not going to just immediately look to blame someone. We're not going to complain about it, and we're not going to get defensive about it. Actually, think about their team last year. They weren't defensive at all. But um, <laughs> Truth hurts. But, but he said that's not going to be our culture. We're not going to operate that way. You know, and he had pretty good success wherever he went. But um, So this, this BCD thing is, is a culture killer. It's a relationship killer. Who likes to be blamed for something? I know my kids don't. My girls, they're constantly blaming the other one, right? <clears throat> And who likes to hear someone constantly complaining about things? And who likes to be around someone who's constantly defensive? So it's a relationship killer. It's a performance killer. People will not perform at their best in a culture of BCD. Where they all, 
you know, they're just, they're, sometimes they're afraid to even do anything because they don't want to get blamed for something going wrong. Or nothing, or stuff that is going wrong never gets fixed because all people do is sit around and complain about it, right? Because, see, BCD doesn't solve any problems. It doesn't achieve any goals. And it doesn't improve any relationship. And it's not that problems don't exist. We all have, we all, we all encounter problems every day, right? But what's our approach going to be to that problem, to that situation? Don't settle in a mode of BCD. <clears throat> See, I got, told you I got called out on this. Happened Friday. Valerie had her van at the dealership practically all day because somebody put a luggage thing when you travel up on top and didn't think about the weight of it pushing in the sunroof. sunroof. Anyway, so the sunroof collapsed in. Had it as a dealer six hours to fix it, right? I go out and look at it, and it's got a one-inch gap still. Like, it's not closed. It's, it's still, still open. And so then I went into, what did they do all day? And I started, you know, I started blaming and complaining, and Valerie said, um, BCD? <laughs> <laughs> and that spilled over into somebody didn't shut the freezer door all the way. And so then I'm like, who put the th ice cream right here to keep the freezer door from shutting, you know? I mean, it just, before I knew it, it was full-blown BCD mode. <laughs> so now I'm more aware of it. So what am I going to do about it? I'm going to work real hard to eliminate it from my life. So we need to, we just need to eliminate BCD. So, so rather than focus on blaming someone and complaining about the situation and getting defensive, I need to focus on what's the resolution and I need to be resilient in addressing the situation. What can I do to make this, this thing better? And I need to go about it with some determination. <clears throat> and I need to to bounce back and, and not give up when I don't see the desired results. If we want to see things better for our kids and our grandkids and our neighbors and our community, then we all need to eliminate BCD from our lives. Because it's too easy to blame people for the, the situation they're in. Well, if they would just... You know, how many times have I said that? If they would just, that's just, that's not going to solve their problem. That's not going to help them. <clears throat> so I need to eliminate BCD. We all need to eliminate that from our lives. And we need to get to work doing the things that, that will help the situation, that will address the problem. So the question becomes, what are we what are we going to spend our energy on? What are we going to spend our energy on? Are we going to spend our energy on complaining about things? Or are we going to go to work saying, what's my part to make things better? 
what can I do to help resolve this, this issue? Both take energy. I was spending a lot of energy blaming and complaining about the van and the freezer door. And that was easy to do. It was really easy to do. It was real easy to step right into that. But solving the problems takes a little more effort and a little more time. You know, I got to thinking about how many of you have grown a garden now or in the past. <clears throat> I was thinking about a garden and how easy it is for the stupid weeds to grow. Right? <laughs> they just, boom, they're up and they're trying to choke out your plants and trying to take over the situation. But they don't produce any fruit. And see, that's what BCD is like. It, it tries to, boom, come in and take over a situation and choke out the good things that are trying to produce fruit. <clears throat> Getting the plants to grow and to produce tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers, that's a little more work, right? Takes a little more effort. But it's worth it. It's worth it experiencing harvesting that fruit. <clears throat> so eliminate BCD. The other thing that, that causes us to settle for less than God's best in certain areas or all areas of our lives, whatever, is lack of expecting. Low expectations will cause us to settle. Pastor Mark from Michigan was here a couple of months ago and he challenged us on raising our expectation level. What are we expecting in our lives? What are we expecting from God? See, we have to, we have to expect and believe that things can be better and will be better. But a lot of times we don't even believe that we deserve for things to be better. <clears throat> See, there was, there was this woman in, in Mark 5. And I'm going to read a little, little bit of scripture here. Mark 5, beginning in verse 25. <clears throat> it says, Now in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was not getting better, but worse. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up from behind him, and touched his prayer shawl. For she kept saying to herself, If only I could touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that, had, that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd, saying, Who touched my clothes? His disciples answered, What do you mean, who touched you? Look at this huge crowd. 
they're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd looking for the one who had touched him for healing. When the woman who experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him, trembling with fear, and threw herself down at his feet, saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of what had just happened. Then Jesus said to her, Daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. So here's this woman who'd been suffering for 12 years. Saw every doctor that she knew. Spent everything she had seeing those doctors. <clears throat> and I imagine, it doesn't say it in the story, but I imagine that at some point during those 12 years, she probably went into BCD mode, right? She probably started blaming someone for her condition, maybe her parents. Maybe something else had happened to her. I don't know. It doesn't give us the details of that. But I'm sure she complained to some people about her situation. <clears throat> but then something happened. She, she encountered Jesus. And she raised her expectation level. And she said, I know, I know if I can just touch his garment. See, she refused to settle. She could have said, yeah, there's Jesus, but man, the crowd's so big and there's no way I'm going to get to him. And I've dealt with this for 12 years, I guess I'll just continue to deal with it. But she didn't. She said, no, I know, I know there's better for me, and I want God's best in my life. I want to be healed of this, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to bump into people. I'm going to knock people out of the way. I'm going to get to Jesus, <clears throat> and I'm going to touch his garment because I know if I do, I'll be healed. She had determination that she wasn't going to settle for where her situation was and what, what her condition was in life. <clears throat> we, have a, uh, we have a swimming pool, and I got to thinking about that too one day. Where's all the debris and all the junk that doesn't belong in there? Where does it end up? Ends up on the bottom. It settles to the bottom and that that stuff you can leave it in there and it will just keep accumulating and accumulating and the next thing you know your water's turning green because algae's growing <clears throat> but what we do is we get rid of it and we get it out of there so it doesn't do that so it doesn't make the rest of the water green and murky and and so God said what what have you allowed to settle in your heart <clears throat> what have you allowed to settle in your mind what are some mindsets that you're living with 
Maybe some habits that you have that you've settled with that's affecting other areas of your life. And he said, you need to get that junk out of there. You need to get rid of the stuff, the debris and stuff that don't, doesn't belong. Don't let it affect the way you think, the way you see things, the way you approach life. See, we weren't made to settle. Ephesians 2.6 says, He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. We are co-seated with Christ in heavenly places, which means we have his perspective on things. So we weren't made to settle. We weren't made to be underneath of our circumstances. We were made to be above them. We were made to see our circumstances the way God sees them. We were made to be above our feelings. We're not meant to be controlled by our feelings. We're not meant to be controlled by past hurts. We're not meant to be controlled by our fears. We're meant to be above them, seated with Christ. Because if we're seated above them, guess what? They can't control us. We can't, when we're above them, we have his perspective and then don't control us how we live, how we think, how we go about our day. There's a lot of examples in, in the Bible where God's people settled for, for less than his best. And one particular story came to mind was when God told the Israelites to go into the promised land. And we're all, I'm sure, pretty familiar with the story of, of the 12 spies that were sent in to check things out. And they came back, and 10 of them came back with, a bad report. <clears throat> they freaked out. They looked at all the reasons they couldn't have Father's best. And they convinced everyone else that they couldn't have Father's best either. And if, if you go back and read the story there in Numbers, they went into full BCD mode. They started blaming, complaining. They were complaining about, why didn't you just leave us in Egypt? They started blaming God for where they were. So it's been going on for a long time. It's not something we just started. So they convinced these ten because of their perspective and the way they saw things and the report they gave, they, they convinced everyone else to settle. Settle for less than God's best and they ended up in the wilderness. But what was the difference between those ten and Joshua and Caleb if we look at Numbers 14.24? It says, But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others. So it was, it was Caleb's attitude toward the situation, the way he saw things that was different, him and Joshua, 
than the other ten. So where is our attitude towards the things that maybe we've settled on that are less than God's best? Because if I think about areas where I've settled in my life, I can almost trace it back to a wrong mindset, a wrong attitude toward that. See, no dreams are pursued or realized when we settle. I mean, we can think about all the good things we'd like to do and all the great things we'd like to be a part of. And, but until we make up our mind that we're not going to settle, until we see those things come about, then we'll just stay, stay right there thinking about them. We'll never get to, to see them become a reality. And I already see a lot of you making decisions to not settle. You're already doing it. You've already determined that I'm not going to be this way anymore. I'm not going to settle right here. I know Father's best is not where I'm at, and I want to be in that. Because <clears throat> we weren't created in His image to settle. And the Father never settles. He always provides what's best for us. <clears throat> I thought about Mount Sinai too and how God invited all the people to come into his presence. They said, no, Moses, you go. We'll stay here. We'll settle here. And they, they wanted the law. And so God gave them the law. They settled for the law. But God said, I'm not settling for that. No chance. That's not your best. That's not what's best for me and yours relationship. <clears throat> and so he sent Jesus to fulfill the law and to show us who Father is so we didn't have to settle for less than his best. I'm going to wrap up here with an audio clip told you I listened to a lot of podcasts, and when God started speaking to me about settling, I was listening to this particular podcast, and I know some of you probably listen to this guy, it's Les Brown, but this, this is spot on for what God was speaking to my heart. Mick, if you want to go ahead. Simply some keys to self-motivation. And all of us have motivation of some sort. I define motivation as the desire to achieve that which you believe to be worthwhile. And many people go through life never getting in touch with their greatness because of the lack of motivation to push themselves or because they have not found something that they believe to be worthwhile to challenge them. I heard a poem once that said, um, many a flower has bloomed unceasingly and wasted sweetness upon the cold desert air. It's translated that means simply that many a talented persons have gone unnoticed and the world never had a chance to be exposed to their talent because that person did not take the time to begin to express or to demonstrate or to motivate themselves in the direction to bring that which they came into the universe to bring. How can you measure your motivation? How can you evaluate 
where you are on a scale of one to 10. Let's do this for ourselves mentally. How do you rate yourself from one to 10? Your mental attitude about yourself, how you feel about you, how you feel about life. How do you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 in terms of your physical appearance, in terms of your health? Do you take care of yourself? Are you allowing yourself to get overweight and out of shape? Are you conscious of your health? Are you watching the food that you take into your body? Do you make a deliberate effort to exercise? You know, it was George Burns, he said, we cannot help getting older, but we don't have to get old. And many of us get old before our time because we don't take time to take care of ourselves. Your environment is a very good indicator on a scale of one to 10. Is it what you want it to be? Do you find it desirable? Are you satisfied? The job or career that you're involved in. Someone said that 85% of the American public unhappy with their jobs. Are you spending eight hours a day just doing time? Doing something that you don't find challenging, that does not make you stretch mentally, that does not stimulate you, that does not inspire you. Something that you don't find a sense of fulfillment in it. If you're doing that day in and day out, it has to affect how you feel about yourself, your level of motivation, your relationships. What kind of impact is it having on your life? Is it nourishing or is it a toxic relationship? Does it drain you or does it build you up? Ask yourself that. How motivated are you to do something about it? Your contribution, your actions. What are you giving? Many people will leave the universe without a trace. No one will know they were here. And in fact, under their name, we could put under there, not used up. <laughs> will anybody know that you came this way? What contribution are you giving? What will you leave? What will be different because you came this way? Someone once said that life is our gift to us, that God has given us, and how we live our lives is our gift to God. What kind of gift are you formulating? Is this a gift that you like to take back and do something else before you turn it in? Think about that. What can we do? What are some of the keys that we can begin to use to motivate ourselves when our batteries run low? Because I don't care who you are, I don't care what you do, at some time you are going to get tired. At some time you're going to get in a rut, seem like nothing you do works out right. And sometimes it just seems like you just don't have the wherewithal or the will to do anything. That sometimes you act like you're punch drunk. You're just wading through life, just doing time, day in and day out, looking at non-discriminatory television, anything that's on, just looking. <laughs> and depressed, feeling powerless, feeling useless, and bored. What do you do? How do you get yourself out of a rut? How do you, when you know you can do more than what you've been doing and you're not doing it and you're discontent with where you are, you get angry at yourself. How do you get out of that rut? How do you motivate yourself? One of the things that we must do is that we must be involved in working on achieving self-mastery. You must work on yourself continuously. Never be satisfied with yourself. Always know that as you invest the effort and time on you, that's the greatest ability that human beings have above animals. See, a dog can't be anything but a dog. 
Tree can be anything but a tree. Human being, you've got unlimited potential. You can put effort on you, and by concentrating on you and developing you, you can transform your life wherever you are right now. So you want to work on yourself. You want to read books that inspire you and motivate you. You want to listen to tapes over and over and over again. And I suggest that you listen to tapes when you first get up in the morning. You want to control the spirit of your day. When you first wake up in the morning, your mind is operating at 10.5 wave cycles per second. That's when the subconscious mind is most impressionable. Whatever you hear in the first 20 minutes when you wake up, that will affect the spirit of your day. When you listen to tapes, listen with relaxed belief. Believing that this can happen for you. And by listening to them, listen to them over and over and over again, and you will get a breakthrough. You can listen to the same tape for months and all of a sudden you hear something you never heard before. It have a special meaning for you. Or read the same book over again and you find some special insight. You said, I can't believe I didn't see that the first time. So you want to be involved in developing yourself. Most people won't do that. Most people won't take that kind of effort and invest that kind of energy in themselves. Because they will fall prey to that conversation within. Oh, don't do that. You don't have time. You're too busy. You're too caught up in the rat race. Most people won't do that. Well, they won't take time to go to lectures. They won't take time to go to seminars. They won't take time to, to go to classes to improve themselves. And as you continue to work on yourself, you will begin to expand your vision of yourself. You begin to work towards self-mastery. And you will begin to see it reflect itself in all the dimensions of your life, your mental life, your physical life, your social life, in your relationships, your monetary life. So concentrate on developing yourself. Because if you don't, I guarantee you that you will make a settlement. And most people have. And most of us already have. What kind of settlement have you made with your life? You know when we make settlements, out-of-court settlements, you've heard them? That means that you decided to take something less than what you originally wanted to get had you gone into court. And the reason that you settled outside of court is because you didn't believe that you can get it. So you made an out-of-court settlement. Many of us are making in-life settlement. We're settling for less than what we actually deserve. We don't feel good about it, but we make it work in our minds. We'll come up with some kind of excuse to make it all right. What kind of settlement have you made with your life? Many of us settle for less than what we want out of relationships because we don't have the courage to change them. I had a seminar I used to do called, Are You Living Together or Dying Together? <laughs> Many people are just dying together. Gladys Knight used to have a song that says neither one... Some challenging stuff, right? Sometimes we don't like to be challenged, but it's good for us. God's challenging me. Where have, where have I settled? Where have I settled for less than his best? What's some things I can do to, to get out of that rut? He shared some things. I've been doing some of those things. And I can tell you it works. What you feed your mind every day is and what your focus is, is what that'll be a direct reflection of what your life is. <clears throat> If we're going to make an impact in this community, in the communities we live in, in our families, then we're going to have to check ourselves and say, where have I settled? 
Or am I living less than God's best? You know, we, we want to help. We have a, a heart here to really help foster families. And that's something that's, you know, near and dear to us, obviously, but it's, it's a tough deal. It's a tough deal to get enough foster families for the demand of kids that are in foster care. And it's a tough deal for the foster families to function well just because of the dynamics that, that take place. And so it's, it, it's not okay for me just to leave things as they are. <clears throat> we, have to do, we have to step up and we have to help. And so that's what God's challenging me with. So I don't know what, what areas any of this is speaking to you on, but I know that when you make your mind up to, I'm not going to settle here anymore, that you will be glad that you made that decision. You will be glad to see what Father has for you. And I'll end with this. What if the prodigal son had settled in the pig pen? What if he had just said, this is, I made this decision, I am here, this is, this is what I've got to live with. Don't settle there. <laughs> Run back to the Father. Let Him throw a party for you. Don't miss the party that Father wants to have for you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank You for speaking to us. Thank You for revealing Your heart towards us. And if any of this has made anyone feel condemned, then that's not from you. We know that you don't condemn us, Lord. You, you make us aware of things so that, we can, so that we can get through it, so we can get beyond it. And so that's what you're, you're, you're up to. You're, you're heightening our awareness of places that we've settled. Places that we've said, I'm just okay with less than your best. Well, let's not, let's not do that. Let's not be those that are okay with less than your best. Because that's not your desire for us. You call us sons. You call us daughters. You call us joint heirs with Christ. <clears throat> and you gave us your very best. You gave us Jesus. So that we could experience your very best in our lives. And so I thank you that my brothers and sisters here today say, No more am I settling no more am I settling for less than your best. And I thank you, Father, that we don't have to have it all figured out today. But your grace will show us each day the steps that we can take to get beyond those areas where we've settled. Through the power of your Spirit, you'll, you'll impart wisdom to us. You'll give us revelation. You'll give us a word. You'll give us an encouraging sign to push us forward and to go beyond where we are today. And so I thank you for that. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that your goodness is following us and chasing us down all the days of our lives. I thank you for my brothers and sisters here today, and I bless them. I bless their households. And I thank you, Lord, that you love each one of us right where we're at. 
and that your desire is for us to experience your very best. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If anyone would like prayer today, we'll stick around here and certainly pray with you if there's anything you want prayer for. So, all right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, check out our webpage. It's wearehopecommunity.com. Peruse some of the things that we got going on there. There's a blog, some more media. Um, there's a place to give if you would like to. Um, you can check out some other services that we have got. Um, but more importantly, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a place where you can just write a question, shoot us an email, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our Facebook page and our Instagram. Uh, you can connect to us, connect with us through those as well. But thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember that you are valuable beyond measure.